y'all. Welcome to the Tatler Square Podcast, an extraordinary voyage of exciting auditory prattle that offers absorbing matters, unbelievable anecdotes, and astonishing stories, with each episode offering a distinctive point of view and enlightening perspectives on life. Feel something unprecedented to keep you educated and entertained anywhere, anytime. Before we delve into this episode's delight-filled experience, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Claire. I'm 23 years old, and for a long time, I haven't been able to work up the courage to tell someone about something terrible that I did. But if I can't accept it, then I can't forgive myself and move on. So, the time has come. I travel a lot, and I even post about it on my Instagram page. I had already visited 12 countries when I first flew to Korea. To help me get familiar with the country, a local guy and my longtime pen pal, Chow, was supposed to help me. Up until then, we had only known each other through the internet, but once we met in person, we took a liking to each other. He showed me many picturesque streets, beaches, cafes, and on the third day, he invited me to his home for dinner. He told me that he was going to amaze me with his signature dish. When I arrived, the table was already set, and the dish had been exquisitely served up on plates. It was the perfect opportunity to put up a couple of stories on Instagram before eating. I marinated this delicious meat according to my own recipe. Can you guess what it is? Marinade, I guessed. The taste was tart with a little spice. I was already tired of listing the possible seasonings that he could have used when Chow laughed and said that he was actually asking me to guess what kind of meat it was. I gulped and looked at my already almost empty plate. For a moment, a terrible thought occurred to me, but it couldn't be true. It's dog, Chow said simply. I was silent and just looked at him. Then I got up and put my hands on my head. Without stopping, Chow started talking about the exceptional benefits of dog meat, that it was Korea's traditional national dish, and how one could not fully get a feel for the country without trying it. Idiot! How could you even think of doing that? Why didn't you think to warn me first? My Staffordshire Terrier is waiting for me at home! I have always had dogs since childhood! I was still screaming when I felt nausea rise up into my throat. I ran to the toilet and lost all of my dinner there, along with my appetite for the next few months and even the slightest desire to spend another minute alone with Chow. That very night, I changed my ticket and flew home in the morning. For a long time, I couldn't get over what had happened. I just really love animals, especially dogs. It does not even occur to me that they're edible. Because of the anxiety I was feeling, I even lost weight and developed an emotional allergy. At first, I went to a doctor for treatment, until my mother advised me to consult a psychologist. Over time, things started improving. I still travel, and since that event, I have visited three more countries. But now, I always find out what the food that is offered to me is made of before trying it. Hi, I'm Kelly, and when I was 19, I met a great guy. His name was Nate, and he wrote poetry. And although we only had a couple of dates because Nate worked a lot and was often busy, we constantly chatted online. He understood me perfectly, 
We like the same films, books, and music. Nate had been hinting for a long time at a more private meeting at his home, but I had recently had a bad experience in a relationship and I didn't want to rush. When I finally gave in to the pressure from him, I was struck by how prepared he was for this event. Candles were set up everywhere, soft music was playing, and red roses and a cute teddy bear were waiting for me on the coffee table. He sat on the sofa and invited me to sit next to him. He began to read a poem that he wrote for me. When I moved to the chair, he gently but insistently asked me to return to where I was. I was embarrassed, but did not want to spoil the romantic moment. In less than five minutes, Nate had closed the distance between us. I felt his breath on my cheek and his hands on my hair. I pulled away, but Nate pulled me in. This happened again and again. Offended by his persistence, I abruptly got up and went out the door and went home. Now he will call and apologize, I thought while returning home. He will text me before going to bed. I reassured myself while having dinner with my parents. He will wake me up with a morning message, I thought while hoping to fall asleep. But the next day, I had to write him myself. But Nate didn't answer, and he didn't the day after that either. I didn't understand what was going on, because his feelings seemed obvious to me. Exhausted from the unfulfilled expectations, I tried to distract myself by watching Twitch. My attention was drawn to a broadcast showing a girl and a guy on the couch. Near them, on the table, were pink roses and the same cheap teddy bear, the same candles, the same music in the background, and none other than Nate reading the same stupid poem dedicated to me, but now to another girl. As the view counter increased, so did my indignation. In the comments, everyone was worried about one thing, whether the guy would achieve his goal and how much time it would take. I went to the channel. I realized that the girl was the focus of just one of the episodes of an awful series. Nate set up cameras at home and broadcast live on Twitch making money from it. A few minutes later, what was happening on the video made me blush, but after a few minutes, the stream was blocked. With a particularly unpleasant feeling, I noticed that the episode starring me had the lowest rating. I wrote a complaint to the administration and Nate's channel was blocked. I wish him all the worst, and that's all. Have you ever had the feeling that someone was secretly recording you? Hello, I'm Liv. I'm 22 and I always dreamed of skydiving, ever since I was a kid. My dad has done 11 jumps. When he would put me to bed when I was little, I asked him to tell bedtime stories again and again. Not about a beautiful princess, but about skydiving and the beauty of freefall. And even though I get scared just thinking about the high slide at the water park, I know for sure that I'll do it. Once, my friends and I were resting near the base of the jumps. The conversation turned to skydiving, and they said that a coward like me would never dare to do it. I gathered my courage and said that I would do it that very day. To my surprise, everyone supported the crazy idea. It wasn't actually possible to jump that day, but they were waiting for us, but they were waiting for us at the base the next morning. The jump was to be from a height of 4,000 meters with an instructor. We had a short instruction session, after which I soon found myself on the plane, ready to fulfill my childhood dream. Come on guys, the plane has to come back empty. You can do it! I heard. Dad always told me that the worst thing is not the fear of the flight itself, but a step into the abyss. 
I wouldn't have to do it this time. I knew that an experienced instructor would take care of everything, but with such a strong airflow at incredible speed, I could simply suffocate, and no one would be able to help me. I panicked. I remembered a long-forgotten prayer and began to frantically recite it to myself. Everyone had already jumped when my turn came. I got up at the instructor's command. My legs tightened, and I wanted to say something. I needed a little more time to gather my thoughts. But he immediately jumped without any hesitation or warning. We fell, fell and fell, and continued to fall. The wind whistled in my ears, beat me in the face, blew my hair, and took my breath away. A minute. I knew that freefall would last a minute. How long that is. I looked around, saw the earth getting closer, and then started nervously crying and laughing at the feeling of boundless happiness. I did it! Dad will be so proud of me! The longest, brightest, and most memorable moment of my life had come to an end. The instructor gave the command and opened the parachute. I looked up, but I didn't see the dome above us. Any second now, it'll open! We fell faster, and nothing happened. Finally, I felt a jolt. I looked up, but the dome had not opened. The instructor shouted something about the slings, about the main and reserve parachutes opening together and getting tangled. I didn't understand, comprehend, or hear anything. The earth was getting closer, and we continued to fall. This couldn't be happening! Not to me! It can't be! The ground was very close! Now we would slam into it! There was a muffled thump and then darkness. I screamed and I heard my scream. I was alive! I was lying in sweat and tears in my bed. It was five on the clock. It was just a dream, a nightmare. Today was my skydive and I had just dreamed all of that. I laughed and fell on my pillow. In the morning, I didn't go anywhere. My friends that day fulfilled my childhood dream for me and I waited for them on the ground. At home, my bed, marred with shame and not even daring to answer the mountain of mist calls from them. I know it was just a dream, but I don't know what to do. Tell me in the comments what I should do. Jump or give up skydiving altogether. Thank you. Welcome to the Tatler Square Podcast, an extraordinary voyage of exciting auditory prattle that offers absorbing matters, unbelievable anecdotes, and astonishing stories, with each episode offering a distinctive point of view and enlightening perspectives on life. Feel something unprecedented to keep you educated and entertained anywhere, anytime. Before we delve into this episode's delight-filled experience, here's a quick message from our sponsors.